All right, welcome back to Tundra Talk, everybody. I'm Tyler Friel, um, catching back up today with my brother from another mother who has cut his long hair off, Steve Hollenbeck. Did you lose some strength when you cut all that hair <laughs> I off? I sure did. <laughs> How's it going, man? Haven't it's really good. Haven't really gotten to see you much this summer. We kind of live on opposite ends of the, of the, town. the town nowadays. That's all right. Which, it's funny. I mean, I rag on where I live. I would rather this. take that over this any day. <laughs> on my way, I, on my way over here, I passed. I'll pass this place for sale sign with the like token shirtless redneck dude just <laughs> sitting in a lawn chair smoking a cigarette out in the yard. Out in the yard, like wasn't just watching the road, watching traffic. <laughs> oh wow! Like he, yep, our North Pole. Uh, you were out here for a bit, though. I You're was, a homie. Uh, yeah, my <laughs> wife still makes fun of me for. <laughs> Graduating old North Pole High School. Yeah. But, uh. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, anyway, man, it's been been a crazy busy summer for me, too. I'm sure you, too. Huh? What have you been up to? I started a new job on base and, uh, doing that, you know, lots of hours. Yeah. And, uh, gun builds, done a, cut up a lot of them. Um, getting ready for this, uh, we did a, I don't know if I told you in the last episode, but we did a, uh, memorial rifle for for wsf the alaska chapter yeah and for uh a couple uh sheep local sheep hunters here who died in a plane crash out in shoot creek yeah that um, was uh yeah so that was we i did that there was about nine people involved with that donation rifle here it all from all the way out to toke uh to you know quite a few here locally you know yeah um, Becky Schwanke, uh, I guess she lives in Glen Allen, but she knew, uh, one of the guys from high school. So she did part of a donation, but yeah, the rifle went for, uh, I think we did $5,500 it went for. Nice. So, and, um, I don't know what's wrong with your dog. Most dogs don't like me. I, I, that's what I told him <laughs> when I was coming out, when I came over that Tyler's not a, you know, dogs don't like Tyler. But this dog, he just, he's yeah, a good boy. He's all right. Got so. a head like a black bear. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh it's been a bit it was a busy winter and uh and you know, right into summer and here it is almost our longest day of the year here soon. So Yeah, that's that's sad. Almost gonna start losing daylight here soon. <laughs> yeah, it will. Yeah, it's just been I mean, all spring's just been balls to the wall for me, so Hunting and, and hunting, yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of nice that I got that grizzly bear taken care of. It really kind of opens up second half of June because that's it's just crazy. That's when that's when it always gets hot. It starts getting hot right now, and then. Uh, but yeah, I'm already done. Should have been done middle of May, but there's always got to be that great big one that gets away, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, then next year, this you know May time frame is uh, peninsula brown bear season yeah that's right and uh are you are you up for that again yeah i am because the last one yeah the last one i killed was with you down there so that was 12 so i've I've like gone a whole cycle yep Uh, ah need to start thinking about that do i want to do that i know i do yeah why wouldn't you (laughs) (laughs) why wouldn't you not want to do it that's the question but yeah i've got that i could technically hunt them this this fall. fall yeah so and uh i'm I told a buddy I'm going to guide for him on the peninsula this year, so I've got that in October. So, unless 
you know, the client, you know how the rules are here. The client's got to be out of the field, but you know, um, we'll see what happens, but I've never gotten a fall bear. That would be pretty cool. Oh yeah. Well, a lot of times those brown bear hides, I think are better in the fall because they're, especially if it's that October season, because they're, they're starting to, you know, it's not like a September grizzly. If you you get started in October and I don't remember if any of them go into early November, I want to say they might. On uh, Kodiak, they do. Um, You get those bears. Those bears are actually starting to prime back up. You know, you don't get the, because some some springs, those things are rubbed as soon as they come out of the den. Yep. But you get a lot more even, like, nice prime. And those those fall bears just look huge. They're so fat. For sure. Yeah, we, uh, but, you know, I'm going to guide a client for him um, on, on the ocean beach, you know. Yeah. Down there this year. Just so. like you like to hunt them. <laughs> exactly. And he asked me, I'm like, you know, where, I'm like, where do you want to hunt at? I'm like, I prefer the, the oceans. Yeah. You know, I like the mountains right out of, you know, right as they come straight up out of the ocean and hunt those tidal flats. And well, so. it just creates a really good, when you're, especially when you're limited to on foot stuff, it creates a lot of, I don't know, kind of funnels for them. Yes, it does. And, you know, you know I, I think you see more bears, which is obviously the fun portion of it. Um, and you know, having them on the ocean, you know, presents, I think more opportunity for just bears that come through looking for easy meals. Oh yeah. And you know, you're able to glass, I can say a lot more bears. I think you're able to watch. You you do get to see some that are, you know, nowhere near shootable size, but you you're always, you know, potential that big one coming through. I think the up in the mountains, you know, if you had to add up, that's where I've seen my biggest bears at. But, you know, I still like... Most of your biggest bears. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That one that we saw on that trip, I still can't believe how... I think I lost that footage of of the bear. I I still have it. Oh, you still have it? Good. Yeah, Yeah, because I lost a bunch of footage on a hard drive that busted. But, yeah, I remember we were watching the bear. You ended up killing chased that big one out of the alders and was following it up the hill looked like a cub following a sow yeah yep. and you would if you if you told somebody that didn't know the history on the you could say that's a sow that's a cub when actually it was two boars yeah the cub was a nine foot nine you know brownie yeah. <laughs> yeah. so um yeah the big um the big one was a monster yeah so and you like you was it the day before you almost before. got a shot at him 406 yards and 402 were this close as i could get to him which yeah you know shooting brown bears even shooting the big guns that's just i would shoot a sheep at those distances but a brown bear is a different story yeah and um, well especially in that country the consequences of hitting them bad are a little bit more yep. significant yeah Though I did come home and made a 406-yard yeah. shot and hit it, you know, I would have center-punched him. So, yeah, you know, hindsight should have shot a bit because he was an awesome hide on him. and uh, He was huge. It's the, oh, still the biggest bear I think I've ever seen. For sure the biggest bear I've ever seen living. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I would say, because he was a high, what, 27 and 9 sixteenths skull was the one you killed yeah Yeah. and uh he this bear skull i mean his head made this one just look like a like i say a sow and a cup the whole thing yeah it was the other one was like twice the body size i mean just enormous and that uh, the small bear was nine foot nine so 
you know, he was well in, a, you know, in the upper tens, non-stretch tied, I would guarantee, probably a high 29 skull on him. Yeah. But, because his, his rear pad was 17 inches long. Yeah. I remember so. that. That was just, still, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, I, I'm going to guide sheep hunters in August. I'm really looking forward to that um, this year. Um, two hunters on the the north northeastern Brooks Range, the Conga Cut, mm-hmm. you know, I Aaron Bloomquest area. And then I have a, uh, fortunate enough to draw a good sheep permit in the Chugach. Plan to do that. Yeah, that's um, right. That's a really good permit. I forgot about that. Gives me another reason to be mad at you. I was telling Frank I still hate him <laughs> last night. <laughs> I've never drawn a sheep permit. So <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's just green, just green envy yeah, is all we, it is. I get I can't even I don't even have an excuse to be that jealous because I drew toke last year. Yeah. We um and I think any place in this state with the exception of a few areas, any place in the state has a potential of a Boone and Crockett Ram. I truly yeah. believe that. There are some areas that are going to have a little better chance than others. But when you go into the season in an open area, your chances of killing a Boone and Crockett Ram are relatively slim to none. Oh, it's yeah. one of the hardest animals to get in the book. We know that. Where in... You know, sheep hunting, it's not about the numbers as far as the Boone and Crockett score, but, you know, everyone likes to get a good eye-appealing ram, whether that's a double broomer for some people, a um, a tipped-out ram for others, or just unique-looking stuff, people like that. But, you know, you're, the idea on, you know, the score-wise, chances of that happening are slim to none. Yeah. This particular area where I'm going, I think probably – is my best chance before I go hunting. I can say this before I go into the hunting area, my best chance of ever shooting a, you know, one one seventy plus ram. Yeah. And, you know, it's the governor's tag hunts in this area. Um it they just have a longer season. They don't have the fourteen day season that I'm you know, that I'm in. But I think the fourteen day season I have is the best one. Yeah. The end of September I mean the first of September through mid September is yeah. my my hunt area. So a guide buddy of mine uh texted me and said that there was a a one seventy, mid one seventy if if I remember it right. What he told me, Ram that was still alive at the last of the archery season. And that, yeah, it's the exact opposite. You'd think the archery season's first. It's not down there. It's the October. Yeah. So, and they were not able to get him, this ram. And he told me the area that he was in, and that wasn't a secret to me. Mm-hmm. The, the ram being in there was, but the area that he hunted was, I had hunted that before in 2014 yeah. with Sterner. Yep. So, it was exactly where I was going to go into anyway. Well, and you guys saw Oh yeah, that, that was a, that was a heartbreaker. Yeah, it sure was. <laughs> you know, it, it, not a heartbreaker since he didn't get a nice ram because he shot a just gorgeous ram. But the uh, number three, the way low number three. You know, you had two good rams, number one and number two. That the very next year in 2015, a guide had killed him, and he was 173 or 170, yeah. somewhere in that. I just remember you all seeing the pictures of Tim's ram, and I'm like, 
He was the third biggest one. <laughs> yeah, and we had seen these. I'd seen these. I think it was the August fifth when I flew it and waited for Tim to come into here, and uh, we got onto these uh, on the eleventh. So six yeah. solid days. That's oh, you flew this area. You saw. I'm like, yeah. You know how long it took me to walk on feet. Yeah. <laughs> Six days before we actually set eyes on them again. Man. You don't, there's no other, you know, stuff in the lower 48 that can even compare to that. Yes, we fly it, but you got roads and trails and ATV. I mean, pretty much the lower 48, there's very few spots that you don't have that ability to have. Yeah. And you're speaking of someone who's hunted a lot of different mount, you know, backpack hunt areas yeah, down there too. Yeah. No, it's uh, something I grew up doing and, you know. That's probably what drew me to come to Alaska when I got an assignment here in 2000. But sheep, doll sheep's just the better mule deer. Right? Yes, that's, that's right, <laughs> exactly right. And uh, anyway, so we had a this this guy told me that that uh, they weren't able to get their client was not able to get this ram. Yeah. So um, I that's I've sounded like a little bit of frustration in his you know because. They want these numbers too. They play oh, yeah. a, a guides play a numbers game. You know, if you're, that's why a lot of them that that specialize in sheep hunts, archery hunting for them, they don't not interested. <laughs> no, because it pushes their overall success numbers yep. down. Which, if you dig into it as an archery hunter, you got to have to realize that. But anyways, I got a little sense that he was disappointed that the hunter didn't weren't able to get him. So. The 14th of April, after the Wild Sheep Foundation show in Anchorage, mm-hmm. uh, my buddy and I flew it, and we seen a ram in the mid-40s. Nice. So we circled him three times or four times. I don't remember which. He was on a sawback ridge that you know, I, I couldn't believe how far these rams and sheep in general were up into the valleys. They were oh. as far up as they're going to be in the middle of summer, but they were all on the south side. Yeah. The north side had four feet of snow. Yeah. And they were on a sawback ridge. And it was funny to see that just at the, you start heading down into the north side, mm-hmm. this, there was four feet of snow. But on the on the slope on the south side, completely bare. Well, they get, so, you know, they, they get, get so much more, I don't know if it's the com, probably combination of the wind or in the sun. Um because it is wet, it is wet, typically wetter down there in the Chugach, but than it is, you know, in the Alaska Range or the Brooks Range. But because up, you know, up here they're pretty much dependent on windblown country to survive the winter. Down there, I imagine you get you do get more sunlight earlier, so I mm-hmm. guess that doesn't terribly surprise me. But what it like sounds like a pretty awesome spot for him to camp out. You yep. know, nothing can really get to him up yep. there. So we uh, we circled him and. You know, he was a good ram. I don't hesitate to put a number on him. He was with another legal ram, and I tried to get some iPhone photos out the out the window, but yeah. they just didn't show up like it should have. But could he have been this ram? Yes. You know, it'd be nice to say, no, there's another bigger one in there, which the area holds some good rams yeah. in it. So I, he's pr- I get the impression he's probably not one you're going to pass up. Though. No, he would not be a pa- – he was a tipped ram too. Oh, both, wow. Both tipped out. So um, that's what my my girlfriend's – she she got into sheep hunting last year. I think yep. we talked about that a yep. little bit, right? And she really enjoyed the backcountry and all that. And I think she just likes that I like it 
out being in the back country and she really liked all the photos she took and she goes man i wish i could take the time off to just go with you on the hunt to photo and this and that but uh she goes, you're going to have to lay off those double broomers if you want to get a book ram, <laughs> which she is right. Yeah. I mean, it's... It would take a... Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, I says, if I show up at the house here with a good double broomer, I don't want you criticizing the... <laughs> Not a freaking word. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he says that I will, you know, yes, I'm going to hold off as much as I can. My my goal is a mid-160s ram. Yeah. And, I think that that has to be a tipped ram. It, it if it was a mid one sixties double broomer, he's going down without yeah. question. Yeah. But uh, um, and and we say that 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 one of those rams that Tim did not get. Yeah. Was one sixty seven, and he was a double broomer. Man. So, yeah, he uh, <laughs> he yeah. fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I remember That's, you telling me the story. You said, "Well, because what he you he, he did like we do a lot of times, where you sat back at the spot and scope, and he made the final stock by himself." Yep. And uh, you saw him tip over the wrong one. And then you said you start screaming, "No!" Yep. <laughs> so that is that old one. Oh. So he went one sixty seven. That's a dandy. And this was the oldest ram that this com- this company had ever taken. Wow. And, uh, he was 14 here, and I estimated, because when I looked at him through the spot and scope, I counted 12 growth rings, and I figured one, there was, you know, he's a broomer, so oh, yeah. his lamb tip was gone. So I figured him at 13 in, four, in 2014. Yeah. They and killed him the next year in 15. And uh, so this, um, here is the ram through that I took through the spotting scope. Oh man, that's the one. This is number two. Oh, number two. <laughs> which actually ended up being the best. I figured he probably oh, would be. Oh, gotcha, be the best score. Right, and uh, oh, that's like a world class th- sheep. And then that's him zoomed in. And then this is 2015. I have gone back and forth between the, the, the same ram. Yeah. And he went either 171 or 174. I don't remember the exact score, but uh, Dan Montgomery's crew got him, Jeez. which they're fantastic guides. Yeah, that's... Oh, Come on, Krieger. <laughs> yeah, the, you deserve it. Anyone, Pat, unless you know, unless you f- had a bigger one pegged, you get a kick in the nuts for passing one like that up. Yeah. And that's an example of a, you know, a broomed off ram that's, yeah. you know, real high scoring. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, just the eye appeal of him was great. But, yeah, just him, uh, I, <laughs> we go back and forth, you know, like, because he killed a 40-inch ram. Oh, yeah, but, it was a beautiful ram. Bigger um, than anything I've ever killed. He just was the third largest yeah in the group <laughs> yeah oh man and yeah when when you when i had flown it the pilot's eye who had seen a lot of sheep yeah the pilot's eyes were like whoa that's a monster <laughs> and i'm like yeah and they were within 170 yards of where i saw them on the 5th of august well, that's one interesting thing too. It seems like down in some of those nastier they're a little spots more easier and ranges, to predict where they're going, like they they kind of got there. It seems to me like they they're more pa- they're more patternable in general, and they've just kind of got their spots where they're comfortable. And you know, yep. like like a lot of those sheep, will, seems like they'll they'll go bed 
way up in the rocks yep. and then they'll come way down to feed and some of the alaska range i've seen them do this too whereas you know you get used to hunting like the brooks it's like oh they could be friggin' anywhere yep. you know they just it's it seems like up there they're just a lot less you can yeah i don't know they're uh, still pad they still they're still sheep they still do the same type of thing but they're just they're known not near as rams patternable. are, are, are known for that, the ability to, there's been a lot of archery kills and partly because they do have an archery season for them. But I think that an animal that is more patternable is conducive to get with archery or primitive oh, yeah. weapons. So oh, yeah. um, that they have that there, but yeah, that's, uh, I'm excited about it. I plan to take the entire season, which is not a long, long season compared mm-hmm. to our normal sheep seasons, but I uh, I believe that, you know, if you look at the statistical numbers, there's only like, they, they gave out eight permits this year. Normally yeah. it's six. They only, three dudes kill rams. Three well, people. that's that ain't no joke country to hunt. I mean, that's like big boy country. And I, I really think that people just bite off way more than they can. They get these, oh, this looks like, this is a hard hunt, uh, theoretically hard to get, so it must be really good. Yeah, really easy to get attacked. I mean, that's put in. Then they took one look at it and figure out, ooh, or yeah, walk a mile in. Uh, no, this, this is ain't, not. This no. ain't gonna happen. Yeah. So I'm hoping. Yeah, you know, everybody hopes that my, that some of my competition just left because I'm in the last season. Yeah. There'll be twenty. There'll be twenty people who have been in there hunting prior to me because you got the first early yep. season. You got eight resident and two non-resident. The mid-season, you got eight resident and two non-resident, and then my season. So there'll be 20 people in there. You figure, obviously, I think the non-residents are they're going to have guiding. They're they're going to be in there. Yeah. Those are your competition on that. There's some serious sheep hunters in this state, but a lot of them don't get draw don't permits. Get drawn. <laughs> and I go back and forth with this, like you know, even with those the the, the draw tags up here, you know, you whine. It, it like feels like an injustice that. Most of the tags every year go to people who, at best, are like, you know, um, how would you call that? What's not you know, serious? Recreational. I was, I was yeah, hunter. like recreational, uh, not super serious sheep hunters. I just had a brain fart, which then reminded me some dude told me I, they'd never like heard anyone that had as many brain farts as I do. But that's <laughs> who I am, I guess. That's I'm right. Not gonna, that's wrong. I'm with not going to try to hide it. But yeah, so yeah, I get, I get all wound up about that oh well yeah sheep hunters should have those tags but at the same time if everybody that drew those tags was like you and me there'd be a shitload less of those tags they're giving out every year that's that's true and like i said i i'm uh and they are a good opportunity for someone to go you know like like the delta tags just a fantastic hunt for someone who you know to be there like get a good lick of success on their first hunt i mean there's it's your buddy Nick, uh, I, you know, he, I work on base, and that's where he yeah. works too. So I've been communicating with him quite a little more often here lately, and we found out he uh, bought the governor's he bought the governor's tag for Delta. <laughs> yeah, I I told I'm like I didn't tell him this. He'll probably hear this, but he'll have some competition for that tag next year for the price that he got it for. Yeah, <laughs> well, and it was funny. I mean, he told me he wasn't even intending on buying it. He just wasn't going to let it go for that little. And yeah, then he got it. I so. could. I mean, there there are some good Rams in there. Yeah, there are some really good Rams for the price that he bought that thing for. I was adding it up. It's like 
That is a Brooks range. If you went on a solo northeastern where I guide at. That's probably about the price. Yeah, yep. or maybe just a little bit more, you know. Yep. But anyway. Um, yeah, because it's going to cost you five grand to fly up there mm-hmm. if you're going by yourself. So the only reason I would not go on the Chugach, this is the only reason. Because it sucks balls. <laughs> no. Yeah, the Chugach sucks. <laughs> Fuck the Chugach. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> well, yeah, as we said, that was from that goat hunt. Cause we, 2012. The, pe- <laughs> the pe- people with all those stickers. And I got a bomber goat on that hunt, too. But yeah. People on the stickers say, I heart the Chugach. Yeah. We're just like, fuck the Chugach. Yeah. Yeah, when, <laughs> that was a miserable trip. <laughs> yeah. We lost, I think, 12, I lost 12 pounds well, I camping lost, on ice. Well, that was a kamikaze, man, because we'd been spent 14 days up in the brooks, yeah. come back to town for two days, go down there, and then spent seven or 10 days sleeping on, a, on, the, on ice. the ice. On a chunk of ice. I think I lost like. And I was actually in pretty good shape back in those days. I lost like 20-some pounds. Yeah. Just on that hunt, I lost 12. And they, uh, you know, it was kind of demoralizing when we called our air charter service in. And he came in, and he did a couple passes, and he was coming in on final. And we seen him drop like 150 feet, 200 feet out of the air. And it's like, then he just the, whoop, turned around and yep. went, and he didn't come back. But and then I had, oh, it was totally, yeah, I had my high speed come apart because yeah. I was all, I was running stuff over there. And then he didn't come in. He didn't come in. So I was cussing and throwing rocks and stuff and got it out of my system. It's not like I was, obviously it's not like I was mad at him because, you know, that's But you had your heart that, set on going home. Yeah. When you mentally, you mentally check out, you're like, oh, we're done. Yeah. Well, like last year coming out, coming out of Toke, I got to my four wheeler. All right. I'm going to be back in Toke by one o'clock this afternoon i got i got up like 5 30 in the morning only had like four miles to get back got back to the wheeler and then another you know seven or eight mile ride and uh it's like all right i'm gonna have a already eat already eating that hamburger in my mind and about a mile down there the thing starts the machine starts going on the fritz and ended up being that speedometer cluster got some moisture in it oh yeah it controls everything so it's like saying it's overheating, then it's like just took me till midnight to get back to the... No hamburger. No hamburger. There was nothing open in Toke. I was so furious. The Chevron station. There wasn't even that was open. <laughs> yep, but it was I mean, it wasn't like I was starving to death. I had food, but I had mentally, like at that point, I had mentally checked out yep. and was ready for it to be over. That was as frustrating as anything. Finally, I had to just park the thing. You know, dig in my backpack. I cut off a chunk of sheet meat and walked around to uh, around this patch of willow, so I couldn't even see the four wheeler. I didn't want to look at it, and <laughs> cooked up a bunch of sheet meat on a rock. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that anyway. um, you know, I, you put in for drawing again. This is my twentieth year. I finally drew a permit, so I plan on hunting different areas. So my plan was to. Uh, Oh, back up. What I would say, with the only reason I would not go into the Chugach, is so where I was guiding at on um, last year, we had spent for three or four extra days at base camp because of the weather systems yeah. down here. So we were stuck up there, and it, but it was beautiful. Yeah, and you were catching you know fifty to seventy fish a day. So. It really wasn't that bad to be yeah. stuck, you know. But anyway, 
So during that time, one of the guys in camp, he was a booking agent, had to just be up there hunting uh, with his clients. Just, you know, mm-hmm. want to make sure his clients are being taken care of. He had seen a mid, probably he said 42, 43-inch ram that, you know, that would be the only reason I wouldn't be going to the Chugach. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what's cool in Alaska. Oh, yeah. Our draw permits are not lower 48 hunts. You draw, that's where you're hunting, period. Yeah. Th- this one here, it just allows me, quote, trespass into that area to hunt. Oh, that's yeah, exactly. That's what all it, it doesn't, is. There's, in there, I mean, there's a few, with other species, there's a few exceptions, like, like you draw a cow moose archery tag in the Fairbanks management area, you cannot shoot a bull in the management area. Yeah. But w- for the most part, yeah, like I draw a toke tag, well, I can go hunt anywhere you I want. want. But I can go, you know. Yep. So, yeah. And, and, you know, like you said, anywhere does have the potential to have really nice sheep. Exactly. It's so. just, and even, even some draw areas don't, you know, yep. they may have a few more nice ones. The genetics may be a little better, but. It doesn't mean you know, that, and I'm not going to, I'm definitely not buying into the, uh, oh, you've got this magical permit and, and all of your, there's Boone and Crockett, you're passing up left and right. We all know that doesn't happen, so. You know, I yeah. would never not pass up a good ram in an open area just because I have oh, a two-gatch yeah. permit in my pocket. Not oh, going to happen. Yeah. So, in this ram, I, I didn't, I wasn't able to see him because we were bringing out another ram my client had got, you know, and we basically passed right under this where he was at, you know. Yeah. Um, so... We know nobody hunted that area. That's what's cool in the mm-hmm. Northern Brooks Range, that far, you know, so expensive and just not a lot of people there. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, that would be a reason why I wouldn't be hunting that. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's coming up quick. Sheep season will be here. I'm, you know, still, still kind of caught up like in early summer, but man, it's going to be sheep season soon. <laughs> sure will. I leave out of here about the 6th of August. Yeah. So when when that's Aaron a little wants. was that a little earlier than you did last? No, it was about the same time you wanted you went yep. last year. So you figured out what gun you're using this year? <laughs> yeah, taking my bow, which <laughs> we all really know in reality what that probably means. But don't but, have your uh, rifle at camp. No, sure I'm not even. Home. I'm not even bringing a rifle. I'm just you know bringing bringing a pistol for bear protection yeah. and and that's it. I I just I know myself. I will not, if I bring a rifle, I will use it. <laughs> Man, that, that would be hard for me to, I couldn't stick to that. I know I couldn't, so. Yeah, well, I'm going to, there's only one way I'll do it, and that's to, that's to. Do it. That's to do it. I can yep. sit on the couch and talk about it all I want, but till yep. I leave the rifle at home, I'm not killing a sheep with a bow. It's right. just not going to happen. I know. And, and, you know, we'll we'll see how many years I can hold out for. I got to grab the old smoke pole and, and dust mm, one. I don't know <laughs> if I would, uh. Wait, I would, by this date, if something's not on the ground, you know, but that's just me. I wouldn't have the, here's my take on it. I wouldn't have the rifle in camp with me, but after this date, some about getting a ram each, I just need that. Some yeah. people say they can go hunting and this and that, not be successful. That's not me, especially I, sheep hunting. Yeah. Well, because we're, 
you're still you're still one up on me now, so you can't afford to <laughs> to miss here. <laughs> Although now I'm giving you a free pass, so you can be be a little more picky. <laughs> That's well, like the first thing you'll hear. Here I'm telling you how you're going to catch up, and you're wanting not to do it. By this date, Tyler, you need to be in the mountains with a rifle. <laughs> at least to, to at least have the rifle in the backpack. All right, that's it. After this date, you need to have the rifle in the backpack or at least in camp, not uh, back home. I, I get what you want to do. I don't the, know. We'll see. Right now, at least the way, at least what I can tell myself right now is I want to kill one with a bow more than I just want to kill one. Oh, and then if that's the case, then right now, yeah. After, After a year or two of not killing one, that will probably change for a year. But uh, we'll see. I just know that's the only way I'm going to do it, and it's it's totally possible. I've been I've been shooting a bunch. I've been my shooting's been doing really well. Like getting very consistent out to like 60 yards with my recurve. So, not say that I, you know, I may or may not shoot one. At the end of my range, it all depends on the shot. On of course, there's fifty different, fifty different factors that depend. You know whether I take a twenty yard shot or a fifty yard shot. It right. depends on. But I want to be able, like, it definitely helps the confidence to know that I can just drop arrow after arrow right into the kill zone on my sheep target at that far, um, given ideal conditions. And then everything right. else just has to be. I'm going to try and do a bunch of uh, take that target to a. Oh, some super steep hill and do a bunch of steep angle downhill shots and right kind of cross downhill shots just to get used to what what that thing's going to do. How many how, how much time are you going to take this year to hunt? Initially, probably fourteen days. Good. You'll need it on that. They yeah. just they say ten day hunt minimum on an archery hunt. Yeah. So yeah, well, a lot, and what it ends up being is. Your chances are very good of just being stuck watching a band of rams for an extra three, four, five days than you would have killed them on the first day with a rifle. Correct. And, ju- and have just to wait. wait until they get into a spot where you can have a good chance of closing that distance. I mean, I think if I, if conditions are are conducive, and I'm, you know, ultimately when I add it, all the all the numbers up in my head right before, when I'm standing there, if I you know feel confident in a fifty yard shot or so, that gives me a big advantage over being, you know, only shooting good to 20, you right. know, just every, every couple of yards closer exactly. is going to be exponentially more difficult. Yep. For sure. So we'll see the ethics police can, well, the can 15, rag on me all they want, but that's, I mean, if you're hitting consistently at 60 yards, I don't No, Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it's everybody's individual decision. So if yeah. I, if I'm like, sure, I'm going to, Sheep Smoke are not them. tough I, to kill. No, they're not. They are, they're wusses. They're small bodies. They, I mean, yeah. So it's just a matter of hitting them in the right place. And if you if you show yourself you can do that at sixty yards, it's gonna do it. Yeah. Yep. So it's just it'll be a in the Is moment it be thing. Those, one of those stone broadheads. No. <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> no. I no. I'm. I'm almost snapped all them wood arrows over my knee because I never have to shoot them again. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no. This is this is going to be stuff that I have. Right. Well, I say I have full confidence, and I have full confidence that those no, and I those stone arrowheads would do the job, and they did. I ju- it's just there's, you, I don't know, every degree of you know, like in my draw length makes it tough to get wood arrows 
that are very precisely matched and tuned and um, you're already doing enough by taking it with a bow so yeah more disadvantage <laughs> you know you know what my favorite um arrow is the damn bullet yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah i i don't even i don't even see myself ever even going on an archery doll hunt well that's not your cup of tea no you know and there are some things that i would like to shoot uh a bow and a bow kill on uh, a rutten uh rocky mountain elk yeah a, a bull moose yeah those thing those animals there a, a bear both both bears yeah you know I, I could see myself the one things that i do not is dolls or muleys I just, I just don't. That's one well. Of that's things. a whole other thing, man. I mean, and, and you know, guys that are some guys that are only only rifle hunters don't understand totally some of the boat the drive to do the archery stuff, and some of the guys that are only archery hunters don't understand like the yeah. the the drive to to rifle hunt. You know, sheep and mule deer. Like I've right. never killed a mule deer, but um. It's a similar kind of thing. Like it's it has its own things rewarding. Like you're, you know, you specifically are putting rifles together, and you know we do like low development and practice, and it's just just different. Right. Some ways it's easier. Some way you know, mm-hmm. but some ways it's not really. <laughs> yeah. So um, you have 14 days, and that would if I was doing. Something along that line, that's what I would want to make yeah. sure. Well, that's about all I can stuff in my backpack for food. Right. You mm-hmm. know, I think, well, last year when I went into Toke, I had 15, I could have went, and I had fifth, what I was calling 15 days of food in my pack, and I was using it up at about the right rate to last that much. Then I ended up shooting them after like day five or six, and, yeah. and you know, had to dump a bunch of my, like, oatmeal and stuff like that that was heavy, but... uh yeah, you we, never know, man. <laughs> no, of course not. And then it's um it's it's better better than like that one year when we took seven days of food and ended up hunting for fourteen days on it. <laughs> yeah, and you don't. My first sheep hunt, I came out of the mountains with a belly full I shouldn't say full, a belly of uh oat, one oatmeal packet. Yeah. The reason I didn't have two oatmeal packets because i didn't have any more food that was yeah. it now i did have a sheep there so it's not like i was but i had no you know it was one of those things you you went in with this amount and you had a bunch of weather days and you had to make up for i had the time yeah i planned on just going out but i was so far back in it was like oh well it was the same here. thing like in 13 i remember that last day what was the yeah, cause that we were at that lower camp that last day I remember before we packed up and finally mm-hmm. made the last like nine ten hour push out was uh but we'd split up you had one you had the only meal left between three of oh, us. oh that's right yeah that is that is true we were we were and you had already like had hauled had Gary bring up a bunch of meat from that's his right. sheep or his that's caribou right. mm-hmm. you know several days earlier because we were running low. Yep. You're running low on food then. <laughs> yep, that is. Uh, so some years you have a bunch, some years you don't. So you know it's uh, it can run out, but again, it's um, you you weigh that as like how much is this extra going to slow me or keep me from going this far in? Yeah. It's, it's constantly on your mind, but we make it work, and um, it's. 
the nice thing about food weight is you can all like if you have to you can always eat it or get you know eat it or or tear out all the packaging and dump it yep. you know and that and and again we still have our um sheep that's yep i've never went hungry so yeah, well, um, I'm fixing to go hungry this year. <laughs> Be tr- hunting down woodchucks and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, then um, that's my, I mean, I set out my uh, time this year as far nice. as what I want to. Do you know, do you know what rifle you're wanting to take this year? Um, I don't know for sure. Uh, I, I've got this, my flagship model is the Chugach Ovis Hunter. Yeah, so you got so, to take the Chugach to the Chugach, right? <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm kicking it around. I just haven't had the time to develop a load for it. That is my issue, and just starting this new job. So I might be going with, you know, one of my uh, standby, my 7STW, built on a Remington uh, titanium action. Um, is probably what I'm leaning towards. Yeah. Maybe even a Kimber, which I love Kimbers. They're my favorite, so... Um, the 27 I'm, I'm building another 27 o'connor so that might be it yeah so and then believe it or not i've been kicking around i, I bought this it's not a custom gun of mine but it is uh that jack o'connor remember that when we were down at the yeah. shot show in 2012 yeah so winchester came out with a uh, they did two or three editions of this gun but the original one steel butt plate uh, awesome uh, engraving on the floor plate, a big ram oh, on it. Cool H- likeness of his signature on the trigger guard, triple uh, A wood on it, uh, deep deep bluing. I am kicking that around of actually using that on this. That'd be cool. So I'm up in the air on that. I don't know. I haven't decided. I haven't decided what gun I'm taking this year. That to answer your question. So. Um, gotcha. Yeah, you've certainly got a couple options. I got so. a couple. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, it was kind of nice last year to take that uh, that one you built me. Get twenty seven O'Connor again. I hadn't that thing hadn't got to eat in a couple of years. <laughs> I did last year. Yeah, well, and it was funny because I uh, I hadn't really shot it much in a couple of years. We did we actually was re recording that podcast, loading up ammo for it. Oh yeah, and I right. I had shot it a couple times with other rifles. I'd just take it out and throw two or three rounds downrange. And it all shooting super tight. And then I went to the range and I'm like, all right, I got to verify everything that this load's shooting exactly the same as it was. And it's like the first one's good. What it boiled down to is I, a couple sleepless nights right before I went sheep hunting because I wasn't letting the damn barrel cool down enough, you know, just getting a little impatient. And if it's not cooled down all the way, man, they heat up so much faster because that metal's already. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that thing's like a pencil thin barrel, you know. Cold, you know, cold bore. The first three shots are just right know, under, well under a minute at two hundred yards. Consistent, yeah. So I lost all this sleep and you know verifying it at four hundred yards and stuff like that. Shoot my sheep at a hundred yards. They, you know, sheep walks up on me in a saddle at a hundred yards and <laughs> blast the thing. That's the, it's, <laughs> a, it's always that way, right? <laughs> yeah. Said I'll take it, but yeah, man, that was. I'm looking looking forward to it i usually the past few years have been so busy i don't really get super excited for it till i'm like in the mount like right. boots on the ground and then it like then it's like all right we're sheep hunting again yep but i need to figure out what uh what i'm going to do for binoculars 
I need to mess around a lot more with that binocular harness because um, I'm going to have a handgun and a chest rig too. And I can run, I can, I can use them both. I just got to drop the chest rig down below the, that bino harness, but um, I just need to shoot a bunch with it and just decide what's going to be, what's going to be the best thing. Um, whether it's get a little bit, cause I've got one of the Alaska guide ones, which I really like those. And for mm-hmm. rifle hunting, that's like the, my favorite one. But, um, I may go with something slimmer. Well, and I got the EL range, the Swarovski EL ranges that I've been using and they only go down to like 30 yards and which that would work, but I really want a, a little bit slimmer pair of binos and, and just, and use a range finder. Yep. For but, sure. But, uh, so I got, I got to fart around with that and, and practice a bunch of steep, steep shots and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it decide which boots i'm going to take i uh um was telling you i'm working on a it's a pretty simple like mountain boot lineup article for outdoor life Mm -hmm. Um, i don't have a lot of room to get super in depth with it but um basically just talking about why because a lot of outdoor life's readers it's you know a lot of people don't understand why some of these boots cost four or five hundred dollars and you know what you actually do need them for like the kind of stuff we're doing you know you you just just shreds subpar boots they just oh, yeah. don't they don't it's not gonna work ruin mm-hmm. your ruin your hunt type of thing correct um but then i'll talk about that and then just go through some of the the features of these different models of boots and and of course probably the biggest thing is just talking about the importance of trying different boots because one boot may fit me perfect but it you know just isn't going to work <laughs> for you um and, you know, I've noticed over the years that maybe it's the boot manufacturer changing something. Sometimes, yeah. It's It doesn't – one boot company that fit me great and then the same model just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I don't I don't know what, what it is, why it's that way, but, you know, I've – I've had good luck with uh, Loa's. Yeah, Loa's is what I've... Probably a good standby for me is a Loa boot. Yeah. And the Kenetrek was the one that I was referring yeah. to that I had a set of hard scrabbles that I... I remember you used the shit out of those yeah, and, things. And I got a second set that I yeah. used. So that a pair of boots really only lasts me about two years. Yeah. I mean, that that's it. That's all I'm getting out of them. Um, so... And I had a, I probably was on my three-year stretch on those hard yeah. scrabbles. And then I went and got a new set, and they did some changes to it. Hmm. Not very subtle stuff. Yeah. And the the things I liked about Kenetrek was a uh, breaking was so easy. Yeah. And these ones just, they don't do it for me. So huh. I got a, you know, I... Got a set of hard scrabbles with not a lot of miles on them, but I ended up going with a different set of Loas. Um, I, I can't even remember the model name, so but I've been using the Tibets, the, the Tibet these GTX were, for these years. These ones were, uh, I'll look them up here, um, and a real a deep red colored boot. And oh, um, I wonder if the Mountain Expert, because I like I said, I've been using the. Tibet GTXs for like eight years. I like plum wore out two pairs of them just flat. Like last year was really, I probably shouldn't have used them. Um, my most recent pair, but I used it, got one more hunt out of them. 
And, uh, but I got part for part of this article, I got a set of the, uh, the Alpine experts, the low Alpine experts. And okay. Those so far, you know, I haven't done anything extreme with them, but I've been trying all these different boots and, and hiking around in them and stuff like that. And, and those, so far, those ones are seeming to fit me really well. They're a little bit stiffer than a Tibet, um, which I kind of want anyway. Um, those ones are doing good. Uh, the Hanwag Omega GTXs, which they're like, they're a pretty serious boot. They're almost, they're heavy, but they're like, uh, just so stout. They're almost a better goat hunting boot than a sheep hunting boot. Right. They're just so stiff. I mean, and set for crampons and everything. Um, See. those fit me. I, I had to swap the insoles on those because, and that's one thing too, you know, if you have a set of insoles that you know fits you pretty well, is and you're going to try on boots, take those with you for and, sure. And if that factory insole doesn't feel good, pop yours in there because that chain, the factory insole was not going to work with those Honvogs. And I put a set of super feet in there and they're fine, like fit perfect. Um, those ones, uh, see the ones I, yeah, the ones I'm wearing today, those Scarpa Grand Drew GTXs, those things are super comfy. They got a little bit. They got a fairly roomy toe box to them, mm-hmm. but you can lace them down tight enough to where there's not any like forward slide, because that's the thing that'll kill you too. Is if your toes are just getting smashed into the front of your, you know, that hard cup front of your boot, it'll For just sure. destroy you. And toe nails yeah. and <laughs> yeah, but uh, I the I have I had two I bought two sets this year. One I wanted a faster, you know, not a super heavy boot, but a faster you know, boot that I, yeah. you know, and when I say that, it's just like, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. You got a lighter boot that just, yeah, yeah. You, you feel like it's not as heavy a duty, but, um, and that's the, the Oh, I know exactly what you mean. Well, like I got a set of the Kennetrek Mountain Extremes for part of that too. And compared to a lot of these other boots, they're very light. They're, they're high. They're a little higher than I'm used to, but yeah. they're very light and they have the way the soles built, they're, we're not going to be as stiff as some of these other like crampon ready boots, but exactly. But they're uh, they're I think they're going to be a great medium. The way the soles built, your feet roll a lot better than you know like a lot of a lot of these very technical boots. It's like the ski boot clunk, you know, not quite as bad as Koflax, right? But, but there definitely is that. Yeah. The 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 Tycam Two GTX that that boot there. Okay, yeah, so I haven't that, messed with those ones. That, I got a set of those and. Um, I'll probably, and then the one that I used last year, they changed them up a bit as far as color wise. Um, but it's the mountain experts. Mountain GT- experts. Yeah. GTX. Cause I tried to order, it was, you know, I, that was maybe the one I tried to order, but they didn't have any in my size. So I got the Alpine expert ones, which ironically, I didn't even ask for it. They, they're that color, that pistol. Yeah. So they match my gun and my bow. <laughs> Mine are deep red, but they the ones online here. Are yeah, that's what I. Yeah, that's the one I was. The mountain experts were the ones I was trying to get a hold of. But the the alpine I, experts are. I use. They're the, pretty light, but they're they're cramp on ready. Not that that matters because I have strap. You know, yep. for the few times I use Correct. them. Um, but they're they're a lightweight, medium height, like really nice stiff boot. Yeah. Um, I had. Uh, I used those on three hunts last three sheep hunts last yeah. year and uh 
I uh, I had a problem. I mean, I I love the boot. Yeah, absolutely love the boot. It was a defective of just manufactured defect oh, in gotcha. it. So of course REI, they're always really good when it comes to returning returning boots. They hooked me up with a a new set. So my the mountain experts is they're not broken. I haven't even hardly used them. Yeah. But everything's the exact same. Nothing changed on them at all. No subtle differences oh, gotcha. at, nice. at all. So yeah, um, after using the Tibets, and I I wore out a set of those big low bighorn hunters too. Um, I, I did. I used I used one uh, my bighorn hunters. I wore I I only got about two seasons out they, of them. They they aren't as heavy duty built. No. I uh, the last time in the last hunt I'll take them on it was that spring goat hunting Chugach or uh, Chugach and Kodiak yeah. this um, last year, just because they they were insulated this is the only insulated pair of yep. boots i had but i i wasn't at near as impressed with those as i was the as i am the tibets they were comfy they, they were comfy the thing that worried me and i saw they didn't have a vibram sole right and right off the bat and i'm like huh yeah well mine wore out quick. like three days into this sheep hunt we're like 16 17 miles back in and i like happened to look down and i see this big like split in the sole, like in the, my arch. I'm like, what is that? And I like, you know, pulled it back and it was all the pretty way. good size, yeah. but it was so that I was panicking, but I think it was just a rock had cut through it because mm-hmm. it never has gotten any bigger. But you still have them? I still have them. Yeah. Mine are I mean, in a trash can for Yukon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're, they're comfy as hell, man. But, um, yeah, probably a pass for me on those on on those ones for now. Like, like I, the Tibets are a solid go to. I know I'm going to get a couple seasons out of them for sure. Um, I loved but, how, but the Al, they were. but I think these Alpines like they're they're just as comfortable and they're a little lighter, and uh, I think they'll be great boots. But I got some options. If anyone, uh, if anyone wears size 13, is in and is in like actual serious need of a decent set of hunting boots. You might talk to me cause I am going to cherry pick and rat hole a few pairs, but I got like eight pairs of boots, you know, some crispies, which they don't seem initially to fit me real well. Um, they're the guide GTXs, I think, um, La Sportiva. I use them. The La Sportiva and Nepal GTX. Those are nice ass boots. Yeah. They only had 12 and a half. And I think they're just going to be a little too tight a little too and tight I for me. I think that they run small anyway. Yeah. Um, which, you know, if I, if I knew that I probably got 13 cause they had 13 and a half and who has 13 and a half and 12 and a half, but doesn't have 13s. Yeah. But, uh, they're freaking nice boots. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I've used those lost Sportivas for, I use them for quite a bit of years. And again, boots are one of those things. They just, things just come and go and, you know, Loas right now yeah. or it's like you, it's like you got you know you get what you find one that works really well for you but you always kind of have to if you're in it for the long haul you kind of got to be keeping your eyes open for the next one that's going to fit you well because right. if, if like you said if they change something yeah i uh you know you you get a 400 dollars pair of boots you find one you like it would be prudent to maybe buy a couple pairs you know but like I say, just these these ones I had, they changed. 
the subtle change that they did with just color, I can guarantee there's something else in the yeah. boot that probably changed for my foot, you yeah. know, how I feel. So, um, but yeah, that's, uh, I was really impressed with those last year. Nice. On, Cause I said, I, I did my guiding with those big mm-hmm. horns and I, I had a, uh, they're really broken and I got a, something went wrong with a sole right up front. It started separating on me oh. and I had some epoxy that I just, you know, and kind of a repair kit yep. that I have that I ended up filling that toe box up front, you know, that didn't touch the, your, your feet filled that with epoxy to keep that from popping open there. And it had lasted till the last day of the hunt. So on the way out, it got wet. My feet got wet. So they didn't, I flew them out to Fort Yukon and then they went to a dumpster <laughs> at Fort Yukon. So they were comfy, but they just were not as tough as some of my other yeah. boots. And I, I guess you experienced the same thing then. Yeah, really. I didn't have any kind of sole separation, but uh, the sole definitely did. It scared you a bit. Scared me a little bit. You know, like you, know, you shouldn't have a, be having even sharp rocks like cut all the way through the rubber layer into the foam layer of your sole. Yeah. Like I thought, I thought I was going to have to like wrap them in duct tape and hobble out of there. You know, it was it was appearing that the sole was like splitting in two, but which it wasn't doing. Granted, and they they lasted that hunt in a you know short spring goat hunt but do you get any uh any products this year that you're excited about trying maybe not necessarily boots or something that gear wise stuff that Um, you're i got a uh yeah i'm i won't i'm not i won't take it sheep hunting but for like yeah for for a sheep hunter like more luxury camping type type stuff i got um you heard of those backpacking quilts, like uh-huh. three different companies make them. This one was like a Zen Bivy. It was a, uh, has a sheet and a quilt and like a, just a little inflatable pillow. But the, uh, the sheet fits over my, uh, my Thermarest Neo air. So it fits over my air mattress. It like stretches over there and snaps onto it. And then you can set that, you can set that. It's a down quilt. And I'm, I mean, we've talked about my feeling. You know, I'm not taking down on a sheep hunt, but yeah. um, you can set it up. It has you know little loops and grommets, and yeah. you can basically tie it together like a sleeping bag, like a mummy bag, or you can lash it to the actual air pad, the the sheet right. itself. So it's like a blanket. I'm a stomach sleeper, so like that was I've spent a couple nights in it this summer, and that thing was money. Like, it was awesome. Very comfy. For that thing. Very comfy. Um, How, what's the temperature rating on I it? I think, shoot, I think that one's like 10 degrees or, or something. Mm. It's It runs pretty warm. Um, you don't have, yeah, like a lot, there's some other bags that have like, you know, the, the air pad just slides in the bottom because in theory, you're smashing all that insulation and it's not doing much for you on the bottom anyway. So you just have that air pad, and I mean, it wasn't it wasn't cold enough to really try it out, right? But uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I've been goofing with this uh, this bear defense gun, <laughs> this ten millimeter. Well, finally, having an archery hunt, you got that's I got to have a gun with me, you right. know. So it's pretty much it'd be foolish not to have a gun with me, right? Um, so I. Uh, finally got got this one this spring um it's uh, built by lone wolf distributors basically like a super customized glock 20 
Yep, I like the looks of and it. And they, uh, and it's been a while in the making. They finally got these frames in production. They make their own frames, machine their own slides, you know, and it's, uh, they've been, I mean, for a long time making springs and aftermarket different upgraded parts for Glocks, but uh, they're actually putting out some, some complete guns nowadays. And I'm liking it, man. Basically, that frame, the frame is what really makes that gun because it's, it's basically what everybody modifies their Glock frames to be, like grinding down the back strap, grinding off the finger grooves, undercutting, how, how do they undercutting get by the trigger the, guard. How do they get by the copyright infringement? I mean, this is, I didn't know this wasn't a Glock. I don't know, honestly. I mean, I... <laughs> I did not know until you just yeah. told me that, that, you know, I've been messing around with this pistol in my oh, yeah, hand no, for it's not, an hour, and I didn't realize it is not a Glock. No, it's not a Glock. I don't know how all that works, so hopefully I don't get them in trouble because it's a badass gun. Um, there, there's a, there, I think there's a, cu- a few companies out there making making frames and stuff, but these ones are slick. Like that frame in a 10 millimeter feels like what I modified no. my Glock 17 9 yeah. millimeter frame. I mean, you got a regular, a stock a stock gin four Glock 20 there and that, and it's like holding, it's like a totally different gun. It sure is. You know, so that frame, and then you could get, they have all sorts of customized slide patterns. You can have cut, um, very slick looking gun barrels, Cerakotes, you know, of course I had to make mine like, I think incredible Hulk (laughs) or yeah, it's like zombie green battle worn or something. Luke asked me, even as you know, getting this thing built oh do you want you know camo i was like shit no i don't want camo i'll set that damn thing down and, and not find, it. find yeah. it but i put i probably got about 600 rounds through that gun and beautiful pistol oh yeah it's very quick i put that that loophole delta point pro on there and and i'd never really messed with red dots much but uh those things are fast there's like a couple I could see possible disadvantages of them. Pretty much the biggest thing is just collecting, if you're busting brush and stuff like that, collecting water and moisture and debris in the lens. But I haven't ever had it to where I like can't right. either pick up the dot or pick up the iron sights through it. But uh, that and, you know, I just think that, I don't know, that 10 millimeters is pretty ideal. Bear Defense, I've been, oh, I had a little article out now, kind of piss and match I've been in with this other gun writer that does, may not, I don't know, we, we do not agree. He's like a big giant boar guy, which, I mean, I've seen a shitload of bears killed. You've seen a shitload of bears killed in all sorts of manners. A lot of the, you know, I don't know, people are get a lot of the people that are very experienced or seem to be getting away from like the giant freaking hand cannons. I mean, I went through that phase and what I found was I was not, you know, it's not controllable. Well, they're not controllable. And I would, I'd put like not even one box of shells through it a year. And they're so freaking heavy and un, ungainly. If you're wanting to actually, unless you're just wanting to stand out there on the river, looking like John Wayne yeah, or Bill Hickok or something, you know, that's great. But for practical, you know, if you, and what I try to get through people's heads, I don't think any handgun's fucking mm-hmm. adequate to stop a charging Absolutely black not. bear, brown bear, or grizzly bear. It's just they're they're not powerful enough. I mean, what I start to consider adequate is starting with three seventy five and working your way up. Yep. And even then, if you got a grizzly or brown bear coming after you seriously, like you better hit them in the head or break, you know, you know, their spine or 
central nervous. Break some serious central nervous system stuff down yep. if you're going to stop them right there. Right. You know, the, the advantage of like a, a 375 or 416 or something, even with those big bears, it hits them so hard, it gives you the opportunity to throw another one in and hit, shoot them again. Yep. Um, or a bad shot. It's able to carry to those areas that you talk about. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I just people think, ask me this, you know, clients – you know, lower 48 guys asking me, oh, do I need to bring a handgun? I'm like, I always tell them yes, but you know what the reason why? It helps you sleep better at night. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. That is, I I cannot use a rifle in my tent, you know, for, yeah, you can't. And the statistical thing of, of a bear getting a hold of you, you're probably not surviving a bear attack in a tent just i mean the, yeah you're gonna get bit up pretty good no matter what so having that handgun just helps me feel better for, about it yeah and, and that's, that's that's a lot of it. it's you know everyone likes to date you know all the all this like you know type a guys like to drink you know, you daydream, oh, the perfect scenario, that bear charge, and I get my pistol out just in time to shoot him right between the eyes. Well, shit, real life is not that clean. No. <laughs> it just don't, yep. you know, I, I try to tell anyone, you know. Preventive if, measures. When I say, keep. like, I, I think the 10 millimeters is a great you know, defensive bear gun option, that's keeping in mind that no handgun is adequate. Right. And just if you get bigger than something like a 10 millimeter or 357, you're you're just going to see diminishing returns for the the increase in power you get. None of them are powerful enough to be like make it a clear. Oh yeah, yep. like there's there's no way I'm not going to pick that because none of them, unless any handgun, generally unless you shoot them in the brain, like it's not you can't it's not going to stop them. Right. You, it may or may not give you a chance for more shots. It may get them spinning. May not. You never know. It's all just a roll of the dice. That's right. You know, you hit them and they decide maybe this is not the attack, the thing that I want to do. Yeah. I I just, nobody would want to go down without a fight, especially yeah. not me in a, sitting in a sleeping bag in a tent. I'm If I got to go out that way, I'm going to be, the gun's going to be in, unloaded. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, so. It's just, it, at the end of the day, they're just better than nothing. And you also have to look at it like, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm arguing this is a good, bear defense handgun but at the same time if if all that's standing between you and getting chewed on is a handgun shit is out of control yeah it's it has gone way bad yeah. and that's your i mean it's just your last resort it is and that's just that's just better than nothing so you know understanding that you're not going to be if you're putting yourself in a situation where it's like hey yeah i uh there's a pretty decent chance i'm going to have to I may have to even like, even like remotely, like, uh, like I'm going to, I'm going to encounter bears and there's a decent chance I'm going to have to shoot one. You're stupid for just taking a gun. You know, yep. if you're just taking a handgun rifle, you know, like I don't go into baits without like 375, um, you know, tracking wounded bears, just situations that it's like, yeah, this is, could very well be a dangerous situation. So like, you know, the only situation you're going to get attacked when you have a handgun for me is going to be when I, that's like the, one of the last things I expect. It's just a remote chance of yep. maybe having something happen, you know, so when, 
in those situations, you're doing something else. Right. You know, and it's, it was just became too much of a pain in the ass to like actually get anything done with and, a, you know, giant freaking hog leg. And, and they're, yeah, they're, it's just, they're big. And I just found you just end up leaving that stuff at camp. And I would certainly rather have a smaller with me than my bigger gun because it doesn't fit in my holster that I w- use or what have you. For me, I have a five shot Smith and Wesson titanium 357. Yeah. They're a handful, but they're still not at that level of those big 44s or 454s that just are really uncontrolled. I mean, you need for those kind of guns, I'm saying a six inch and six inch barrels about a minimum that you yeah. get some of these Alaskans. I own them. Yeah. I, it's not like I don't own these. I have, I got a, over a dozen big bore, small barreled revolvers out in my safe and they sat there. I don't use them. Probably the only one that I have taken out on a regular basis is that, that, um, 329, 44 Mac. Yeah. That one, but, even to this day, it doesn't. The ones that are in my backpack or in my holster are, you know, through the 357 J frame, the Scandium frame, yeah. 11 ounce guns. Yeah. And you know why I do them? Because they're lightweight. Yep. And you'll have it on you. <laughs> I will have it. I've, I, it's always on me. Yep. It, it's, if it's in that, I told you about that, 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 uh, goat that came down the mountain. Yeah. Grabbed hold of my backpack with its horn ripped it open you know it's dead flowing but again that just happened to grab that and rip my backpack and flung my shit all over this mountain right yeah and my backpack ended up being about 300 yards down the mountain you know one thing that did not pop out of there was that 357 yeah. in that leather holster that leather uh, uh black hawk uh yeah one of them thumb break it, yeah no it it was um it had a, it was a, a, a tension, just like this oh, one gotcha. here. Oh, gotcha, yeah, yeah. Stuck in there and didn't even move. And I, it didn't even, I didn't even get a scratch on the gun. Oh, man. So, um, again, I don't know they're there. It's on my backpack. So, I've I've enjoyed having, you know, a, that is, is with yeah. me, you know. Yeah, and I like, you know, I, I like the chest rig for this one. And sometimes, like, sometimes, like, a hip holster is a little bit more, more comfortable and convenient but that i mean i can i can shoot my bow with that on the thing's not going to fall out and as much of a and some people it's easy to get caliber and power and all that shit stuck in your head as far as you know the most important thing but there's a lot of other factors like you know are you know a are you practiced up and comfortable and can hit stuff but how how cleanly can you draw it how quickly can you access it you know, because like a lot of the leather, the big revolver, like the leather chest cross draw stuff with the retaining strap, you know, over the hammer, that's a whole extra motion. That's a whole extra half a, sec- half a second you got to do, mm-hmm. you know, and there's, I don't know, you can just, w- while we're making up situations for every one that, that you don't have time to get your gun out, there's going to be one that you do just in the nick of time. You just don't right. know, but I, I, I just am really liking those, like the Kite extra self, you know compression whatever retaining yeah, holsters see, for me it were two different things on on what we carry as a bear defense is i already have my rifle in my hand yeah. i'm not putting that thing down for 
um, for that. So mine is, again, it's I say it a lot of times, it just helps me sleep better at night Yep, in my backpack, uh, in my tent. So um, the other thing that I got that I'm looking forward, I haven't gotten it yet, I uh, seen them down at the Wild Sheep Foundation show was uh, Stone Glacier came out with an ultralight um, um, bivy tarp, if you will. Was that one they kind of, well, like very, so very, many people have copied like Kafaru's It one. is. It is exactly. It is, it is the same weight as Kafaru's paratarp, yeah. the 11 ounce one, yeah. but the, a little bigger than little their bigger. super tarp. Oh, that that is pretty big. So, I wonder how, how durable that stuff is. It's not as, I mean, flat out, it's not as durable as the Kafaru. It isn't. Yeah. I mean, you can plainly see that it's not, but um, it has um, a weight advantage. Yeah. You know, it's nine ounces, I think, for this. You know, an area that I can easily get under, put my backpack, stretch out my sleeping bag. I mean, yeah. and it's with me always. Yeah. So I'm looking forward well, to that. Going to put that like as a place for your parahooch and your kind of emergency kit there? Oh, yeah. I don't go. Gotcha. I don't leave yeah. without that. Because we spent a couple nights under, under that thing. I don't always have my sleeping bag with me, but I always have my bedroll. And I always have my uh, paratarp. Yeah. And uh, I always have um, some emergency food for the yeah. night. So, um, but. That pup of yours is a goofball, man. Yeah, he is. He's <laughs> just a little over one. So, yeah, he's a, he's a mama's boy. <laughs> oh, gosh. Donnie comes home here and he will not even, even acknowledge us. <laughs> so, he is a. Never seen a mama's boy more than this lab right here, but oh, he's a good boy. Funny. But yeah, it's uh, that uh, I was telling you the holster for that. It's it's there's a few like pretty similar chest rigs. Um, that one's North Northwest Retention Systems guy, and I think Washington. Yeah, um, makes those. I it's, like it. It's a it's a sweet a sweet rig. I have one of the Gunfighter Zinc ones, and it's a good it's a good holster too. Um, I think I do. I, there's some details in in this guy's that that I just like. I mean, it's a little bit nicer holster. Um, but uh, yeah, I like it. Well, man. that's one thing, you know, too, is I I had to make it with for a light. Yeah, that surefire on that. That's another thing, you know. Granted, this time of year doesn't make as big a difference, but like the big revolvers, you ain't putting a freaking light on them. Nope. And. Nope. You know what? September hunt season, when most most people are out, half your freaking bear encounters or troubles are going to be that after night. dark. Yep. You know, having to run them out of camp or whatever, and you ain't handling your casual with a <laughs> with a flashlight in the other hand. No, you're just not. No, I um, I'm with you on the two way too way too big and way too much recoil and. Again, there um, there will probably be just as many people that say you're full of shit and you don't know what you're talking about, and that's okay. Yeah, I more power to you if that's the kind of gun you want to. Yeah, well, pack I, I just around. say for any handgun, you know, like as long as you are, as long as you understand that it's not a rifle, and yeah. you, you know, it's something that you feel you can shoot and handle adequately, and you're we are willing to carry. I could give a shit, you yeah. know, use what you want to use, but. I think there's definitely some stuff to be said for these, 
you know, these Glock and Glock type 10 millimeters. For I sure. Mean, my brother, he's been... Well, that's... I got a 20-round magazine, you know. It's an extension, and you get those mag extensions. You do have to doctor them a little bit to, to make sure they're running smooth, but... Yeah, he... Uh, he it's his duty uh, weapon is a Glock 17, but hit what he he's been he's been running a Glock 20 for 15 years up here. Yeah. So long before they became popular. Yeah. And that's what he has been running as his, you know, sidearm up here. And again, same idea. We don't we're never going to set down our rifle. Yeah. But at nighttime in your tent, you cannot wheel a rifle around. You cannot. Yep. In fact, I go so far now as especially in bear infested areas, I go so far as uh, I I keep my rifle outside of my tent, leaned up against something that if I gotta exfil my tent, yeah, I'm going to my if if my rifle's in my tent, I gotta <laughs> get out of my then what am I doing? You know, so yeah. if we well, I, we keep our rifles outside. I don't give a shit if it's raining. You know, yeah. they're 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 protected from that. You know, yeah. from how we put them together. But yeah, it stays outside of the tent. That is a way that hey, you can get to that because. Like I say, a bear gets in there, and you can get out. You're going to get out now. What are you going to do? Because yeah. your rifle's sitting inside there. Yep. I, you know, yeah. I think that there's a lot of things that people never think about until after. You know. Oh I yeah. I should have done this. I should have done that. So, and that's in life in general. That's the but, best. I mean, that's the best you can do. I I feel like. I mean, you know, I I I have my opinions, but I certainly don't know everything, and you know, the opinions are subject to change based on. Mm-hmm. shit that happens but you know i mean i i choose what i choose based on you know my own limited experience and also you know talking to guys that have like phil shoemaker and guys you know, that have, my buddy luke you know, luke down on the lot you know live grew up on a fog knack around those bears all the time and and you know fishing clients or, or bear viewing he'd just take a 357 you know, and you know, it's, it's all like these very, very experienced guys kicking back the same, the same thing. You know, and the biggest idea is that it's not a rifle. You know, you're talking about a critter that sometimes can soak up a couple reloads worth of 375 ammo before they're dead. That you know. last bear in uh, 2016 for me took four solid hits from a 416 400 grain triple shocks. Yeah, 1600 grains of copper is what uh yeah and that gun just is a thumper <laughs> and still alive when we got to him in fact it was a glock 10 that finally did him in <laughs> so you know yeah uh, i didn't hear that part of the story yeah he uh we got to him and you could tell he was still alive so he wasn't so we got above him and he he was like we call him the zombie bear because he yeah. like lifted his entire body up and you could tell he was really paralyzed. I mean, but he lifted his entire body up and just he had, if he could have bit our asses, he would have, he wanted to. Oh, I've seen. And he, you know, shit, he was that high off the, you know, because he was done it, but then he just, yeah. he just, and it was slow motion. He didn't do it fast. He yeah. Slow and just stared at us and my brother just, sh- you know, shot him in the neck with a with a uh, ten mil uh, two hundred grain buffalo bore. Yeah, and that was all she wrote. Yeah, it's you know it like it's those you know the buffalo bore the hot 
hard cast or stuff like these hot loaded, you know, Lehigh copper solids. Mm-hmm. You know, that stuff they will penetrate enough to get the job done. Yeah. And this was know. a ten foot one this was not a small bear, yeah. so it had again, it was probably four yard or five yards away and it went through, I mean, his neck was probably 18 inches of solid meat. Yeah. And it was on the off uh, side. So, and it, it clipped his spine, you know, on the way through there. So, but yeah, 1600 grains of copper that bear soaked up and Jeez. was still alive when we got to him. So, you know, they just were, shows you how tough, I mean, just seeing stuff like that, seeing stuff like that, you know. There, I know, you know, I've talked to guys who interpret it as, man, you know, I need to take the big, get a, a 500 Smith & Wesson. I don't know. For me, what that says is no handguns, like, you know, like, so the best you can do is get something you can shoot well that will punch through their skull mm-hmm. if you can hit it. You know, that's... 500 Smith & Wesson, the only thing that's good for is in a, <laughs> in a lever-action rifle. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would be willing to bet... There is very, very few people that would remotely have the ability to shoot that was accurately at a at a bear that is just and again, they're too damn heavy if you're gonna so well yeah and and you know all the ballistics you you read out of them are out of the full length barrels, yeah, and no one's gonna carry a damn full length barrel five hundred x frame you know around. With any consistency, right. you know, they do make the short ones, but then you're dumping half the gunpowder out the end of the barrel unburnt. Yeah, they're... Um, even those It just guns, doesn't make sense to me. Even those guns <laughs> are... I've... You, you weigh one of those 500 Smith & Wessons. I don't recall that, but I... Some of these Kimbers that I'm building at 338, yeah, yeah. I'm within, you know, less than a pound difference, and I have a full-size rifle. Yeah. 20-inch barrel... Iron sights, ghost ring iron yeah. sights, um, four rounds down in the magazine, one in the chamber. And that's a thumper, man. Oh, shoot. 225 well, grain, uh, either triple shocks or I prefer the nozzle partition in that slower. Yeah. Slower. You're going to get more consistent expansion. Correct. Them. Yeah. On that front you're not half. Blow those, you're not going to blow those bullets up with that cartridge. And that is... M- I haven't finished finished it yet, but when people ask me what my handgun is, that's it. Yeah, because you know it weighs. Well, we, and we were talking earlier, you know, because you know some people get this in their head that you know because oh it's a fifty caliber handgun and all this, or even just like the forty four mag forty four mag even it loaded super hot is pitiful compared to almost all rifles. You know, and yep. let's say even if you had even if you had equal quote unquote power. I, you know, like you you said, and I totally agree. I would take a, 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 a handy 243 with cop, Barnes Coppers. Hands down. Simply because being able to Accurately put an put. accurate shot on them is going to be going to do way more for you than just pumping them into pumping them into hair. You know what I mean? And that shock value of that high velocity rifle round, there's a, there's, there is. There's a completely different. And again, until somebody. If Phil Shoemaker were to say those things to me, you know what he, yeah, I would take his word on gospel on what brown what kills brown bears. Oh yeah, I mean he's yeah guys like that that have seen. But, and there, there's you know there's going to be guys that end up in every camp, and I, I 
you know, definitely full, you know, have a lot more respect for the guys with a lot of experience to, that base their opinions on that than, than their, I mean, it's like the campfire debate that 99% of people are never even going to have to worry about or, or anything like that. It's fun to, it's fun to. Right. That's statistically right. That go I back. hope I never, yeah, no. I hope I never have to worry about it. Yeah. Cause again, if you're at that situation, you're going to want a rifle and a yeah, big one, <laughs> but shit has gone really bad. Yeah. And I don't so, want to be in that. That no. That well, that's that's the biggest factor. I mean, it's it sounds it's kind of boring. Everyone likes talking about about whose guns bigger and whatnot. But the most important thing you can do is just be freaking paying attention to what you're doing and your surroundings, and don't get don't be don't be stupid and get into situations. An ounce, an ounce are, of prevention. Yeah. Don't be get putting yourself into situations that. For sure. Sometimes there's nothing you can do, and you know when. When like eight or nine freaking dominoes go the wrong way, then you got one option yep. left. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yep, it's an ounce of prevention is you know always better than a uh, pound of cure. So yeah. <laughs> I I anytime in the backcountry, I don't care if it's bear protection or just fall protection or yep. staying out of the weather. I mean, lots of things can hurt you back there, but if you do it smartly, this is fun. Oh to yeah, do. and it's really not that well, you know, you think of all the you know, granted it's a lot of our times not in super high bear bear density areas yeah. and stuff, but you know, all the time we've spent out there and we've had plenties of plenty of encounters with bears, but I you know, I've never had to DLP one. I've come close a couple times, but yeah. I've never had to do it. Gary's and that one was probably pretty close. Yeah. The one that charged him and We've had plenty of them take meat and plenty of take capes and yeah. So, but um, yeah, that's uh, I never have had to, you know, on Kodiak in twenty seventeen. Yeah, twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. I shot at a bear in a big boulder in front of him. Yeah, well, and, we've done. You know, I remember doing that once or twice. Sheep hunting, you know, in our. That sheep hunting camp we had, there'd be, you know, we'd have meat in camp and you'd see a grizzly bear up on the hill, you know, 500 yards yeah. across from camp, right? When we're getting ready to go to bed and we just sling a bullet into a rock 15 feet from it yep. just to run it out of the country and it worked, you know, just cause you know, yeah, the way, you know, they're eventually, they're going to end up in <laughs> camp tonight if we, if we don't run them off. That but, is for sure. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Fun to fun to cuss and discuss though <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure but yeah and i mean that that pistol there i'm really really liking it it's it's fast even with those super hot copper loads it's uh that's pretty impressive and yeah i mean, that's the biggest thing like i i was pretty out of practice coming into spring and i'm definitely no pro but i think i was i set up a little drill to do a vid you know some video with and I had staggered five, five steel targets from five to fifteen yards. Most of them, like well, like three eight inch, eight inch, just circles, and then one like twelve by twelve, and one big one that I put at fifteen. But uh, yeah, it was getting to where I could, I could, you know, had a shot timer on my phone, could clear the holster, and hit each target in like about four seconds on average. Good. So, which, you know, faster is always better, yeah. but it, it, it was running pretty smooth for me. It's a pretty, a pretty easy cartridge to shoot, you know, 
but yeah, way, way more comfortable with something like that. Yeah. <laughs> than the, I used to have, I used the last big one I had was a 480 Ruger, man. That thing was a freaking block. Yep. I had you, could, a, you could beat a bear to death with that thing, but man. What, what, uh, model was that? It one? was like the full length super red Hawk. Yeah. I've got the Alaskan. Yeah. Basically chopped off where they chop it off right at the end of that thicker portion. Yep. And I had it, uh, punched out to 475 line bar. Yeah. So never shot it though. <laughs> never have. I got a 454 um, Ruger Alaskan. I had a 44. I sold that one. And man, they're just violent. Yeah. I mean, violent. Well, and then you throw that in because I've got. A, I was carry, I carried a 357 Ruger 357 revolver. It was like the GP 100 yeah. or something, like a fairly heavy duty, but not. <laughs> But not absurdly heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually shot one wounded black bear with that that we, you know, were sure was going to be dead. It had been shot a couple times, and we'd gone to get the sled and go back in there to drag it out. It got like ten feet from that thing and it stood up again. <laughs> and I shot it, you know, shot it with that three fifty seven and dropped it, and then it got back up and shot it again. And that was fortunately that's all it took for the poor thing. But I mean. Some like three fifty seven or those hot ten mil loads are about equivalent. Just yeah. blew, blew all the way through that bear. Um, what? But hey, the thing with what did you you had posted online, and I I meant to go back to it. To yeah. Look, but what what was that bear? You you'd, oh, what did he weigh? Did you which which you, one? You had people guess the weights. Oh, um, the the first one I killed this year. I haven't actually squared him, but weight wise. But weight wise, I mean, he was he was a six and a, a solid six and a half foot bear, maybe a little bigger. Um, he was two hundred seven pounds. Oh, I said two hundred two. Yeah, lightweight. You know, right on the money. Well, same thing. We did the same thing with that that seven foot bear I killed last year. Drug him out, and he was he's the second biggest black bear I've ever killed, skull size and squared. Was a huge bear, and uh, he was two forty eight. Yeah. It's yeah, I like, think the oh, people these... overestimate how big black bears are I think, in Alaska. I think big time, yeah. There's some areas where, yeah, a bear that size will weigh a lot more, but interior, the interior just isn't made for growing nope. giant bears. Mm-mm. Too much time in the dens at yeah. wintertime. That's what I Oh, yeah. It to. You know, they, they, and it's not exactly like the interior isn't exactly bursting at the seams with food right. like the coast, you know. And, you know, you've got generations and generations of bears going in the, you know, denning up earlier. So their body structure, I just, it's, you know, then generations, they're just smaller bears. And, oh, yeah. You know, I, I yeah. believe that. And that's how, that's why our grizzlies are. In here are smaller than you know other places and Brooks. I think there's three distinct uh, grizzlies in this state. You got your Brooks Range Arctic grizzly. Yep, for sure. I think they're completely different style of bear. Then you've got your interior, like the big grizzly you got, yeah. interior grizzly. Then you have your coastal browns. And yeah, ADFNG only recognizes two. Yeah, you know, and and now uh, they're you know like technically just one. Yeah, is what they're what they're saying, but it's it's you know they're all the same species. But I get what you're yeah, saying. Genius. They're they're different bears. Oh, you know? for sure. Well, even like you know, and granted, they have to draw the line somewhere. So it, you know, and the only gripe 
you know, arguably the only gripe I have with the Unicleat Bears being called Grizzlies is I got a bear that would be a lot higher in the top 10 than it would. <laughs> yeah, it may not even be in there right now, but. Yeah, um, no, I, and but I get that. They, but they are a different skull structure, different. Mm-hmm. You know, they got to draw the line somewhere, so it's not like it's... Yeah, shoot, up until we started hunting bears, and that's been since I've lived here and since 2000, that they've really started uh, hunting them in the Unicleat bears. Yeah. British Columbia had all the Boone and Crockett bears. Yeah. Grizzlies. You know, there was... there was uh, Not anymore, they don't. There was five Boone and Crockett bears so far killed, or well, the season's over now, but in 28 the spring. Really? Yeah, five Boone and Crockett grizzlies. Like, there are some... There are little monsters running around the woods here, man, that just people never, ever, ever see. Well, the bear, I mean, the bear I killed with that stone point a couple weeks ago, he he was 7'10", and like, eh, was he, I can't remember if he was 22 and a quarter or 22 and a half, that low to mid-22 What was skull. that one bear that you got? That The biggest one I got was 25 and 2 sixteenths, and there's been bigger ones killed. Since? Killed in that area, one before, and then, but... uh the one, the, the one I had walk under my tree stand in May, he was significantly bigger than the one I killed. Like, wow. way bigger. The one you killed years the, ago? No, the one I killed this year. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't know if he, it's been so long, you know, I don't know if he was as big or bigger than the one I, than my biggest one I killed, but I, all I knew is he came out of the alders and it was 2.30 in the morning. I'm just like, holy shit, this thing is big. And that season closed here? No, it's still open. But that grizzly's long gone. Like, you know, he literally, he smelled my tracks where I walked, turned, walked off, never came back. Having a single picture of him since he's gone. And that's just, that's how they are. That's how the big ones are. If they, they freaking, they wind you, if they actually wind you and they run, like, you'll ne- just forget it. You know, if you hear one he coming, you, you hear one coming and you hear one coming in and he gets downwind to you, then you don't hear him no more. You hear him walk off. You might as well pack it up and go home because he ain't coming in. Um, yeah. But that's that's typical. Like a big one, they they win your tracks. I've had a couple of them come back. Like sometimes, like a week after they win your tracks. Um, but you, yeah, it doesn't surprise me a bit that that was the last I ever saw of that bear. Yeah, he may or may not come back through next year. We'll see. But uh, I mean, definitely an imp- a super impressive thing to see. Like have walk right under you. I could have given given him the old Tim Wells. Yeah. speared him you know but it was yeah pretty- we we have um you know those since they've allowed bait for bear i mean yeah remember back in the day that you would you'd set up your i mean i'm not a i've never done much of it yeah but just looking at videos and yours and in other buddies that are into it it's like as soon as you get a grizzly in there you might as well just clean it pack it up because yeah. no more blacks are coming in they yeah. they you know they're the they're the big ass dude that comes to the party that nobody wants and yeah. he fucking tears Just it destroys up. Destroys everything. Yeah, tears right. up, drinks everybody's beer, beats <laughs> up everybody, and nobody wants him here. Yeah. And then the party's over, right? Yeah. But when you kind of come to his house, ooh, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not happening. But anyway, then you know, baiting started happening, and you know, some of these big grizzlies have started falling. Yeah. You know, and. Which, it's well, it, and it's good. It's just a, it's a population that's been completely untapped. Yes, <laughs> completely. You know, effectively, none of these bears were ever getting killed. Yep. Like maybe a handful by moose hunters yep. were shooting them, and that was it. But it's the whole 
bunch of bears that have just, you know, completely untapped, lived their lives without ever being seen by a person. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way you're ever going to kill those particular bears is on bait that you just... Yep. The ones that live out in these flats and not, I mean, not, we're know, not talking the mountain grizzlies. No, these that, forest bears, you yep, know. Exactly. And, and they'll, then there's, you know, we've been killing them for. How long has that since been? Since 2013. So 13, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 7 years. So, yep. And I've killed five and, you know, and there's still giant ones that will show up. I mean, every year I get pictures of, of at least yep. one really big bear and so far i've only killed no now i consider this one a pretty dang big bear oh yeah so far i've only killed two really big ones and uh i mean it's they're still around oh yeah and uh, you know i'm also it's and it ends up being good i think over for the overall population of bears because you're not getting i'm sure that you're not getting as many cubs killed yep you know so but it, but it, it does you you take a bear like that out, and that spring it's going to save 30, you know, 15, 20, 30, 40 moose calves. For sure. And then, you know, you compound <laughs> the next years, and if, you know, you get a, just clip a few of those bears off, let those moose calves make it through the spring, yep. you know, then they're going to make it. It's been. I know that lots of, lots of people were up and just chewing up and down, but I, I don't understand that mentality. It's like, Oh, we're hunters, and we hunt white-tailed deer, or what, whatever, lower yeah. forty-eight stuff. But you were going to get onto somebody that's killing a bear over a bait station. Do you know how many animals that that has saved? And it's conservation, period, plain and simple. Oh, it is. You know, like, and that's why the board game has been expanding. It was kind of some of these early areas were kind of I feel Test like bed. experimental. Yes. And then they realized, uh, well, we're not killing near as many grizzlies as all the as the the park service claimed they were going to, or yep. the feds. Yep. You know, they were freaking out when they first did it, but it's just been kind of anticlimactic because it's way fucking tougher than everybody makes it out to be. I mean, you can look at the. I've got average. You know, I've done pretty dang good, as good as anybody, mm -hmm. and I've got basically. I count on one shot opportunity a season and I've just been fortunate to yeah. capitalize for the most part. And it, uh, and, well, I, I looked at, I was in, in fishing game with Tony, you know, looking cause you know, I asked him and we were looking at harvest statistics and stuff like that. And it's like, if you count, it may, you know, it's may not be reflective of people who are really targeting grizzlies, but, Everybody at the base station in an open area is hoping a big grizzly comes in. Um, based on all that stuff, the success rate's like less than less than five percent, yeah, three percent. They're just two damn smart nothing, animals, you know. Yeah, they don't flat out they're apex they, predator. That you know, I you you obviously do the right thing there, but there is some amount of luck of that bear just. Oh, cruising through that area, and the wind that day was. Oh, well, it's, it's a ton to of luck, and like I, you know, I set up my well. This this it was luck with this station because I inherited it, um, and it's just it's a good spot. But you know, my my one that I that I shot that bear on last year, and I killed my dad killed his grizzly on, and I killed another one on there. That spot, um, I picked that spot. Sp specifically after you know looking at a lot of maps and studying 
prevailing winds and that's, just that's, no, that's, you know and and trying you know that's a skill trying the best i can to understand how those bears are moving where they're you know how do i get them in here because you know is i most people that go put out baits a lot of them never even get touched by a single bear you know when you're when you're targeting grizzlies so you know getting them on your baits one thing and then there there's the issue of them those big grizzlies typically are just they don't stick around you get two nights out of them on average then they're gone so they hit it if you're not in there hunting the next night you're not going to get them um and then so that has to happen they they have to fall into that you a have to catch them on that night then the next step is they have to be one of those that's going to come in the second night then like so you're assuming they're going to try to come in then the next step is conditions have to be right yep you know too windy stormy whatever um and, you know, like I've had big boars run into other bears that are bedded down or run other bears off the bait and never come back just because they got too distracted. They didn't come back. Right. You know, and so all that stuff, there's no other bears in their way. They're coming in. Conditions are perfect. And then you got to not fuck it up, mm-hmm. which is easy, easy, easy to do. They're so spooky, you know. I mean, you're you're 15 yards from them and it's, you know, usually dead quiet. You know, they're, they're like, they're not, they're not like a black bear. It's, it's like they, especially a big boar, old boar grizzly man, he figures out you're there. He's gone. Just yep. scared, scared yeah. as ever. And people think that they're, they're ferocious, but no, they're uh, beaten feet. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, you're sitting on the ground, you're just as likely to get charged out of a surprise. I've been, I've had that happen. That's why I quit sitting on the ground is it just kept happening. You couldn't get a shot off. And, uh, you know, they were all bluff charges, reactionary charges that they changed their mind, but. Yeah. You all, back in the, back in the day before, before baiting for grizzlies. Yeah. You would, I mean, you'd see these, you know, moose hunting, an example of what I'm saying. You see these monster tracks out on the, on the riverbanks. Yeah. Of these just monster grizzlies and. Oh, I'm, you know, you never catch those out in the, ever. No. And it wasn't until people started baiting and they were able to get them. That a you'd, few of them. Right. Yeah. And they're still, to those, are those tracks still out there? And the moose, shoot, yes. Yeah. Just monster grizzly tracks. You know, interior, I consider, you yeah. know, straight up interior bears and they oh, well, that, uh, are yeah, still I mean, there. That first one that walked under my stand, he was, I think he was legitimate pushing nine foot. He was, he was, I couldn't believe how long he was. And like, I mean, he was like a yardstick across his back, but, uh, yeah, there's still, there's monsters out there and, and plenty of them. They're not hurting, but it's, it's amazing what the, the difference it seems like in the number of moose calves I see a lot, see alive and Good. like, you know, one year old moose. That I, I mean, I've already seen the last trip up there. I saw two cows with new calves that had their legs under them. They've been a couple weeks old. So they're getting old enough where they can run, run good. Um, and then I saw you know, a little bull spike calf from last year. So he made it through a year. So once they make it that long, their chances are way, way better. Mm-hmm. You know, saw twins from last year, a bull and a cow. Um, so it's it's amazing what, <laughs> you know, when, when they're fishing, that actual study fishing game did, I'm sure I've talked about it 50 times, but where some of them bears were killing 40 moose calves a spring. Oh yeah, you know, you take one of those bears out, that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Yep, 
and for just sure. and I I think just having the bait out there in general, you keep a bear on there for a night. That's a night he's not chasing moose. Yep. I again. Oh, you don't eat the meat. So what? what? Yeah. I mean, it that it, it's irrelevant oh, at this yeah. point. You yeah. know, I've, and mother nature. Oh, and people get it. You know, there, there's that, and people get into the uh, the. Oh well, it's not. You're just doing it for selfish reasons. It's not well conservation as well kind of doing it for everything because i would like to hunt moose out there yeah i'd like there to be a little bit more plentiful moose to throw in the freezer and, and i like shoot i like shooting big bears with sticks like i just do exactly i'm not gonna right. apologize for it no it's, it's funner than shit yeah like i can't tell you there's almost even sheep hunting like compared to like the amount that gets my heart pounding there's nothing that compares to it yeah nothing you know like i had that bear came in i was, I was so excited you know I, tom was actually videoing me with his phone and his phone cut out right before it like ran out of storage before i drew and shot but i was sitting there and i had to like do like combat breathing like inhale for four seconds and exhale for four seconds because i was like my heart was pounding so much i was like starting to like flash <laughs> like yeah. you, you know how it gets when you, and you like quit breathing are and, they are they Okay, let's take their nose out of the game. Are they like a whitetail? You're in a tree stand. Just that quick movement of, are they that way or is it strictly I, their nose? Pretty that- much their nose in their ears. Unnatural sounds will do it. Well, that one I almost screwed the pooch on two years ago. My arrow fell off my rest when I was drawn and it, uh, and it tinked on my aluminum riser. And he heard that and jumped up and like came... It wasn't enough of a thing to like spook him immediately, but he came walking over to see what made that noise because it wasn't a natural yeah. sound. And then uh, I just came to full draw and with my bow hand, put my my finger, stuck my arrow back on the rest, and he's right there. I'm like, he's gonna spook, and I just bent over at the hip, and he he looked up and was starting to turn. You know that slow turn they do before they run. Well, he only got to about 45 degrees quarter and two. I mean, I just let him have it right in the shoulder. And, uh, I mean, the ground shot him right through the heart, but yeah, they'll, they're not like a white tail or at least white tails in some areas where they're looking up in the trees for you or yeah. black bears sometimes will tend to do that. But of course they're a different critter. I mean, as soon as, soon as I know one of those grizzlies is coming, like it's go time, you not this come in, let them get settled down and then pick your shot. It's be ready to draw your bow and shoot them the first shot they get. Cause there's been a lot of them that they're out of there they, well they just they don't stop moving for more than a, a couple seconds or you know they'll come in and walk over here there just around like they're just like on cocaine or something some of them like this one was pretty relaxed you know pretty relaxed for a grizzly i mean he is a big one so he didn't really have to worry about anybody kicking his ass but um they're just in general way more wired and just I I mean I tell anybody just take the first good shot they give you because you might not get another one. Yeah. Well, and same you know like the bear that walked through. If I'd been you know my any number of things could have been different, and I would have I think I would have got him. You know if it'd been lighter, he never he he stopped broadside, but he was too far back for me to get my bow back. Um, you know if it had been lighter and I could see foliage better, I probably would have shot. You know. 12 yards i probably would have shot him on the walk or if i'd been using my recurve it's a lot faster bow just zapped him right you know or there was one spot he stopped for just a couple seconds if i'd been at full draw and could see better you know i I could have shot him but 
Um, that's just all these decisions you got to make, like snap, 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 snap. Um, I just tell people you got to be ready to shoot them the first chance they give you because they can do like that. They can just turn and walk off, and you'll never see them again. Yeah. But it's it's just a different kind of different kind of fun. People don't, and I feel you know I feel like I've done enough physically and mentally grueling hunts to understand what a freaking fair chase and hard yeah difficult hunt is it's just a different kind of difficulty you know there's there's a lot of people that like to rag on shit but they can never sit there they can never sit still enough and be quiet enough in a tree stand for hours and hours and hours sometimes it happens quick that big one that came in walked under me that was like 10 or 11 hours into that sit wow you know getting to the point where it's like oh man getting pretty freaking discouraging <coughs> but they'll that's the way it goes sometimes what time did you get him at well the one i the one i killed i i shot him at 9 15 which is actually pretty early oh, yeah. um but the one that came in the even bigger one that walked under me and i never let an arrow go was uh 2 30 in the morning which is like normal time for classic them. grizzly time you know 2 to 3 30 in the oh, morning that big one that you shot in 13 he was one o'clock in the morning, and then I shot the next one. I shot was two thirty in the morning, or two forty-five, something like that. Um, then I've shot the the next two were pretty early bears, and then the one I shot and that didn't kill him last year was like eleven thirty. So I guess overall, the majority of them I have actually shot have been a little earlier, but just the typical time they show up is like that. Yeah, seems to be that one to or two one to two to three thirty in the morning but yeah it's fun i'm i'm definitely relieved to because it's stressful too because the best time of the season best time of the seasons you know that last couple weeks and i start getting nervous <laughs> but you're done for the i'm done yep and i never have to shoot at wood arrow or feathers ever again in my entire <laughs> life <laughs> that's funny but yeah well anyway i probably better probably better get rolling but uh yeah man it's been good catching up with you for sure long overdue and uh we'll have to get together here again before before we all head off split off into the mountains yep yeah i probably like say i leave fifth or sixth of august cool oh all right well uh is uh what's the best way people to get a hold of you if they want want you to build them a rifle um just through the facebook double brew mountain rifles cool yep so Yep. Yep. That's uh, probably start again in November, December time frame. Building new rifles. Nice. Yeah. They're freaking, they're pretty skookum. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, if you're interested uh, interested in that, give Steve a shout. He's a great dude and won't rip you off too bad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh if you've uh if you enjoy the podcast uh, appreciate if you'd uh leave a leave a good review on itunes or whatever platform you listen on and uh we'll catch you next time thanks for listening